Thank you, Mike. For those of you who may not know me, my name is Bob Yoder. I am one of the elders here at the church. I am, uh, it's my opportunity to be able to share the word of God with you this morning while our pastor is off sick. You know, uh, this time of year, I'm sure you've seen in the, in the yards of some places around the community the, the reason for the season. And uh, I like those, those kind of cards. They, they remind us of, of the reason for the season, the true reason for the season. I want to look at this passage that Mike read this morning and uh, ask the question that that card uh, that you see in those yards is, is attempting to answer. And that is, why, why did God do it? Why did he do it? Why did he send his son into the world? And uh, that's what we're going to take a look at here this morning. I, uh, if, if you uh, are used to using uh, uh, pastor's notes in the bulletin, the one that's in there now is what he was planning to do, so you can cross it all out. Because <laughs> that's, however, I looked a little closer at, that, at what he had written down, and I thought, you know, that's not too far off from what I, was, uh, what I had pulled out of this passage. There's a, this is a picture of a, of a clarinet in its pieces. This morning as I walked in, I, I brought this case uh, with me and some, of, some people noticed, well, oh, you're going to play the clarinet this morning. Well, I, I just want to, I brought this as an illustration to show about the purpose of things. The clar I, I, uh, I played the clarinet uh, in high school. I was in the marching band at, uh, at Franklin High School in Portland and, and um, uh, marched in the, in the Rose Festival Parade in, in Portland and had an opportunity to, to play at uh, the football games and such. And uh, so I, I played the clarinet, but this is not my clarinet. This is my granddaughter's clarinet. And so I thank her for letting me borrow it as an illustration here this morning. I wanted to show you that uh, in the pieces of the clarinet, uh, each one of them has a purpose. The bell is what directs the sound and, and projects it out uh, to uh, the, the player or from the player. Then there's this lower piece that's full of uh, keys and things to push at, that provide the, help to provide the range that the uh, clarinet can play. And then there's an upper piece, similar looking in appearance in terms of keys, but uh, it's important that when you put it together that this one particular place is locking together so that you can lock together the, the keys on both ends of those, of those pieces. Starting to look like a clarinet, but you know, it doesn't play yet. But uh, each part has, has, a, has a purpose and a place to play. This is called the barrel. It's not a large barrel, but it's, it's the barrel. It goes in this position. And its function is, is uh, you can actually lengthen the, the, the uh, the length of the clarinet by adjusting that 
and it'll adjust the key. You can, I could change keys uh, with it, kind of like a, a fret on a, a guitar that uh, they use to help. Diff um, still not working. Uh, so <laughs> this is the mouthpiece and the reed that uh, I was always told you got to make it wet. So. I don't want any of you to use this when I'm done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to uh, throw that reader away before I give it back to Carrie. <laughs> now, that looks like a clarinet. So, so my granddaughter told me she put a lot of squawks and squeaks into this particular clarinet. And so if any of those come out while I play, uh, I could blame it on her. But each piece had its own particular purpose. It takes a lot of wind to, to play one of these, and, and so that's why I shortened that song. <laughs> but I went through all of that just to, to illustrate for you, if you will, that there is a reason for the things that go into a clarinet to help make it work. And in the same way, there's a reason that God did what he did at Christmas in sending Jesus into the world, sending his son into that manger for a reason and for a purpose. Everything leading up to that, just like the bell and the lower portion of the clarinet and putting those pieces all together, everything leading up to Jesus' birth had a purpose. Clear back to Genesis chapter 3 when the first prophetic announcement of Jesus came into the world at, when God cursed Satan and told him that the seed of the woman would crush his head. That kicked it all off in our Bibles. All the way through the time of Abraham, when Abraham was told to take Isaac as his only son and offer him as a sacrifice, and when they got up there, the ram was provided by God as the sacrifice. That had a purpose. The purpose of the, uh, the uh, exodus and, and how that at, in getting out of Egypt, the Passover was instituted. Had a purpose, not just for them at that time, but for what was yet to come. The purpose in the snakes coming into the wilderness camp and the bronze snake serpent put up on the, on the pole so that as the people looked at it, they were saved from, from being bitten and killed. Had a purpose leading up to it. Isaiah's purpose in writing about the virgin that would, be, that would give birth to a son. 
Micah's purpose in saying that, there would, that this one would come out of Bethlehem. There, there is a purpose, over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament speaking of the coming one. All of them come together and fit in just the right time and in just the right place to fulfill God's purpose to bring his son into the world leading up to the cross eventually that we might be saved. He is the reason for this season and he, it is his purpose to show that at this time of year for us. In, uh, oh my, you can't, you can't even see that, can you? I can't. This verse in 2 Timothy 1.9 says this. Who, that is God, saved us and called us to be a holy, to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Lord God, as we begin to look into this passage that uh, was read for us earlier out of the book of John, I pray that you will reveal to us and, and give us an understanding of what it is, um, uh, you, why you did what you did in Jesus. Thank you, God, for that. God, use this word now to speak to each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, we're just going to take this passage and, and kind of break it down a little bit. I believe that part of the purpose in, uh, that's presented here for us in seeing why he did what he did was that, was that he did it to share his life with us. He gave Jesus and brought him into the world that his life might be shared with us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. While often re we'll often read that passage of scripture. I, I share that with people sometimes, and they'll say, well, it doesn't say Jesus in that passage. The, the, the passage is talking about the word. How do we know that the word is talking about Jesus? How do we know that? Well, it actually comes out a little later in this same chapter. If you look at, by the way, I hope you have your Bibles open, because that's really where we're going to spend our time here today. If you don't have a Bible, there's a pew, there's a pew Bible on the floor near you. You can have, have that available for you. Um, and if you don't have a Bible at all, take one of those pew Bibles home. Okay, back to what we're talking about. How do we know this is the word? This word is Jesus. Look at verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Still doesn't say the name Jesus, but it's starting to sound a little bit more like him, right? And now look down further. For the law, verse 17, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. 
No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. It is Jesus that now this, the apostle moves in his whole discussion and presents throughout the rest of the book, pointing to Jesus. He opens it up, calling him the Word, because it is, he is the Word of God, and he uh, is Jesus. This is Jesus we're talking about in this passage. So, why did he do what he did? Why did he do this and bring us uh, to share his life with us? Notice, first of all, about his eternal existence, as mentioned in those first couple of verses. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. In the beginning... In the beginning, this is before creation, at the beginning of our, uh, we, what we know as creation, in that top period of time, he, he was there. He was already there. This, Jesus is not a created being. Jesus is the creator of beings. And so when you are walking around in this world today and people will say, well, yeah, Jesus was a good man and he lived and God created him or God brought him into the world. Jesus was there before at the creation. In fact, he was involved with the creation. That's the next point. In the, in the very beginning, he was uh, not only eternally existent, but he had this exceeding power because he spoke into uh, creation and, and brought about its being. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Think about that for a moment. As you think about the vastness of our universe in the sky and, and look out at the sky and at night and the wonder of the stars, he had, he was there, according to this verse, he was there in the beginning to create that very universe that you see, that expanse that goes far beyond our understanding, far out. Oh, and then you look into the intricacies of your own being and who you are, and the breakdown, the microscopic aspects of who you are. He created all of that as well. What a wondrous thing. The Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that is so true. That God has this, in his eternal existence, had this creation powered and, and uh, ability, and it was Jesus that was there at that beginning. In him was life, and the life was the, and the, life was the light of men. The, he, is, uh, he is eternally existent. He has this exceeding power, and he is the expression of life. He came into being, had put, took on flesh. We read about that in verse 14. So that was the physical life that he had, but we also know it as the abundant life that he is able to give us through our salvation, the eternal life. So there is both physical life and spiritual life that we have as a result of Jesus. The expression of life. Why did God do it? He sent him that he might share his life with us. The Bible tells us that at this very moment, 
Jesus who died and rose again and ascended into heaven, at this very moment, he's interceding on our behalf before the Father. How does he do that? Because he lived the very life that, that he lived here on earth and experienced this very same temptations that you and I have experienced, yet without sin. He can relate to us because he's been here with us. He's been here in this world. He's lived it. He's lived that life. He's the expression of life. All of that, and he still chose to share that life with us. Imagine that. It's not just that God is way out there. He is, but he's right here as well. He's right here with us. Why did he do it? It was his choice. He chose to do it. He chose to send his son. Let's move on to another point here in this passage. He did it to shine his light. The the last verse that I read uh, began that transition to a discussion about light. Uh, Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. Verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. So he did it because it was his choice, and he did it to share his life. Now he did it to shine the light. And how did he do that? According to this passage, he talks about John coming as a witness. Not the same John that's writing this gospel. This is John the Baptist that came as a forerunner, or one who was to prepare the way for Jesus Christ to come. That's the John that's mentioned here in this passage. And it says that he came to bear witness. You see the word witness appears several times there. A witness is, is the one who, who is there and able to give testimony in a court. They are able to, to testify to what they've seen or experienced uh, in their situation. John is born witness of that. John the Baptist That's what John the Apostle is pointing out in this passage. John the Apostle, in in his own book, in 1 John, in the opening uh, verses of 1 John, talks about the fact that he's there to share the joy that he experienced because he touched and felt and heard Jesus Christ. And so he's giving testimony there. If you read the book of Luke at the very beginning, he's writing these things to Theophilus to tell him about what he knows, what he's seen. He's the witness. Whoever comes up here to preach, Pastor Jeff, me, anyone else who stands in this pulpit and preaches the word of God is not making it up. We are not making this up if we are preaching the word because this is the testimony that bears witness of of Jesus Christ and it all points to Jesus. Every one of, every bit of it throughout the scripture and that's why he did it. He did it to put it all together just like that clarinet was put together 
to, to play the notes. God did it to put it all together to point out Jesus and point to Jesus. I appreciated Pastor Jeff's text this morning to me. He said, uh, to David and I, he said, I'm praying for you guys this morning. Let Jesus shine. So, shine Jesus shine this morning as we look through the rest of this passage. I'm not making this up. And the other thing that's, that's in these verses that I think is, is important is that this light came into the world for all to see, that all would be able to uh, receive that light and, and, uh, and see Jesus if they, if they would uh, just open their eyes to it. Verse 12, all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I'm sorry, uh, verse 7. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light, the true light which gives light to everyone has come into the world. This light shines on Jesus into a dark world that has not understood it and not comprehended it and, and, and uh, uh, has not been able to extinguish it, but the light shines there for everyone to see. It's like Jesus putting his light upon the world. One of the things I really like about Christmas season are the lights. Uh, our, uh, our growth group has, has taken time from in several years past, and I think a few of them again did this this season to just drive around the community to to look at lights at at Christmas. Thing that the world doesn't necessarily see is that the lights are representative of the light. <laughs> Why did he do it? It was his choice. And it was his choice to reveal Christ. That's why he did it. John, just a little later in this, in this same chapter, uh, John the Baptist is, is uh, there with some of his disciples, and Jesus is coming, is walking towards them. In the, verse 29, it says, The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. That's the light. He's saying, look, it's been revealed to you and, the, and to me. Okay, well, there you have two reasons that he did it. He did it because it was his choice, and he did it to reveal Jesus, to reveal the light in Christ. And then I, I believe he also did it to show his love. If you look at this, in verse, um, what does it say? Verse 10. Verse 10. He was in the world. That is Jesus. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. That's his creative power. Yet the world did not know him. Even though his light was shining in the world, had been revealed to them, the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. 
But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So it's really kind of remarkable that Jesus came into this dark world, shone the light, and light penetrates darkness. But yet the darkness did not know him or receive him. He came into a world that didn't regard him, didn't recognize him. Back at verse 5, it said, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not, in the ESV, the translation says, overcome it. The word overcome there is not the same as last night the trailblazers were overcome by the Dallas Mavericks. That's not the same, it's not the same overcome. It's the overcome in, in, in the sense of comprehending or grasping. The, I believe the uh, translation that Mike read this morning uh, had the word comprehend there. So that's how we, we ought to understand this word. And so when we look at this verse, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it is that it just didn't regard him. It didn't recognize him. It didn't uh, comprehend him, understand him. It didn't grab hold of that. Though it maybe could have. <laughs> the other point here in this passage is that he came into a world that didn't recognize him. Look at verse, verse 10. Uh, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. And that is, that is the, the, the word there is like uh, knowing in an um, intimate way, uh, uh, not just knowing about, but knowing in a more intimate way. So it didn't regard him, it didn't recognize him, even though it maybe should have. <laughs> recognized him. In the passage, it says that he came, into his, he came to his own, his own people. Not just the world, but just his own people. And they didn't recognize him. Then the passage goes on and says he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Receive there is, is uh, this, this idea of taking in. Taking in. So the world didn't regard him, recognize him, or receive him. But, do you see that? That word's there. Verse 12. But. I, I thank God for verses like that. Because the previous things that I've just pointed out, a world that did not regard him, did not recognize him, did not receive him, that's kind of a sad note. That's a sad state of affairs. But to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to be called the children of God. Thank God for the but. 
the opportunity still exists. The opportunity still exists. I don't claim to be a, a Greek scholar in any way, but I looked at that verse, verse 12, in, um, in the Greek uh, uh, language. And it, it had the word received or receive uh, in the past tense. Those who did receive or who received him. In the e in English Standard Version, our translation for believed is in the past tense. Here's what I found in the Greek language. The word believe is in the present tense. In the King James Bible, it says, but to those, yet to those who received him, past, and to those who believe, present, he gave the right to be called the children of God. Now, how I would interpret that is the opportunity was there in the past, and it's still there today. It's still there. That those who would receive him and believe in him, you can still have and be saved. That is reassuring. He did it because it was his choice. He did it to reveal Christ. And he did it that we might become his children. Now that's a uh, St. Bernard dog. You might be wondering, well, <laughs> come on, Bob, this is kind of serious stuff and you're talking about St. Bernard. At one point in our, in our uh, family's growing up time when our kids were, were younger, we had a pet in our house that was a St. Bernard. A big dog, uh, a slobbery dog. That's not his picture. I, I, I guess I couldn't find his picture, but it looks like him. In this picture, you'll notice the, kind of the wet slobber, if, if you can look close enough, it comes out of his mouth. St. Bernard's are kind of known for slobber. And Elijah, that was the name of our dog. Elijah loved to give kisses. <laughs> and you can just imagine how this, this played out. It was just all over. It just spilled out of his mouth. <laughs> but he loved us. 1 John 3, 1 says this. How great is the Father's love for us that he would lavish it upon us. Every time I read that verse, I think of Elijah the, the dog. <laughs> because that's what it is. It's God's love just coming out all over us and spilling out all over us. And even though it was a mess and it just wasn't, wasn't very, it was still pleasant because I knew that dog loved me. God has this great love for us that goes behind and it just spills out all over us. How great is the love of the Father that he would lavish it upon us. 
and that we could be called the children of God. That's the rest of that verse. Oh, not all of it. And that we could be called the children of God, and that is what we are. (laughs) Praise God. So if you're here today, and you've recognized, you've seen the light of Jesus because it was revealed to you, and you are one of those who took advantage of the opportunity that is right now for us to receive him and believe in him as your Savior, you are a child of God this morning, and his love is being lavished out upon you. And it's still going on. You know, we're getting near the end when, of my sermons when I say, so what? <laughs> I used to say that in our church in Oak Ridge, and I could hear the Bibles closing and people's getting their coats on. And they're, you know, okay. So I, I had to say, wait a minute. So what? So what do we do about that? What about this message? Why did he do it? According to what we said, it was his choice. (laughs) Thank God that you chose to do that. Imagine if he hadn't done this. What a miserable state we would be in. A hopeless state. It was his choice to reveal to us Christ. You know what it is to believe in his name? We say that. We say, I want to, I want, we want you to believe in his name. You know what it is to believe in that? His name is Jesus. His name means Jesus saves. He saves. That's what it means. If you want to believe in his name, you got to believe that he saves. He saves you. It was his choice to reveal to us Christ that we might become his children. If you ask God, why did you do it? He might say, I did it on purpose. I did it on purpose. I did it so that everything that led up to his coming into the world would fit right into place, just like that clarinet. And everything from here on out is still fitting into place to fulfill his purpose. I did it on purpose. Lord God, I thank you for sending your son. God, I thank you for making the choice to do that, to fulfill that plan, to put it in motion, to put it in place for us, to pour out your love in such a fashion, God, that it it just spills out all over us. And God, that because 